welcome to Night of the Living Geek. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on Night of the Living Geeks Network, episode 120, Time and the Ronnie. My name is John and joining me as he does every time we record Podcastica is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, we're sounding... Very crisp and clear. Ah, uh, yeah, we sure are. I am. Uh, we are recording on a a new uh, web based. I don't know gathering program. It, a gathering program. Yeah. An interface called Appear dot Alternative. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, Appear dot in. And uh, so far, so good. It sounds really nice. I'm also recording live from my my bedroom because we kind of figured uh, I should be plugged in while recording this and not trying Wi Fi in the garage. Yeah, that can make a difference. Yes, it really can. Swanky location to, from which to record. Yes, just sitting sitting in my room, which is fine. I mean, it's not the closet that I re- recorded in that one time. No, that's right, that one time. <laughs> I got to go find that episode and listen to that again because yeah, that was that, pretty that was funny. One. How you doing? Uh, I am doing a lot better. We're recording a day later than we usually do because yes. someone, me, um, flew home... Or woke up at five in the morning yesterday to fly out of LAX and went straight to work. And I was already not feeling well. Um, I came down with like a 48-hour cold. And I watched these episodes on... Or I watched two of them on my break because I was going to do that on my lunch anyway. And then at about five, I just was like, you know, I want to go home and I want to go straight to bed. So we rescheduled and uh, I slept for 11 hours. That's amazing. Yeah, and I feel a lot better today. So, uh, Good. yeah. How about you? What's up with you? Oh, boy. Um, I'm well. I feel like I'm recording from uh, inside a grow operation right now. Nothing illegal, but oh. we are kind of gearing up for spring. Happy first day of spring, everyone. Oh. Um, um, I am turned around now and I am looking at a giant wire rack that has got so many plants starting to grow out <laughs> on it. We've got zucchini and cucumbers and onions and tomato plants. Oh, wow. Um, Echo just randomly tried to plant a pinto bean, and it has totally sprouted. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, Some strange-looking flowers. We're getting started. Um, We're going to shoot. We're going to try to do an avocado tree. Ooh. And we've got three little baby citrus trees kind of hanging out in pots in the backyard and um yeah <laughs> half oh, the joy wow. of owning a house is doing whatever the heck you want yeah uh, definitely the backyard and that is going to be a ton of gardening um other than that i'm i'm getting ready for a, a, sh- a car show this weekend called radwood up at the Ooh. sonoma county raceway nice. um, it's a celebration of cars made in the 80s and 90s oh cool yeah nice that sounds really cool. yeah and they they encourage everybody to dress in period outfits Ooh. yeah so the 90s will be in late 80s will be a lot of like neon colors a lot of neon colors <laughs> a lot of a lot of very stereotypical uh stuff some people some people get really hardcore into it i'll be honest i've got like a, a crummy little bugle boy shirt that i picked up on ebay for like 
10 bucks a while back <laughs> and I'm just going to wear jeans and shoes that actually support my feet and the world will just have to deal. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it might even be a little rainy that day. So we'll see how that oh. goes. Yeah. But yeah, things are going well. Perfect. Perfect. So we've got a, uh, man, we got a whole lot of who news. We do. And, um, I mean, let's start it off here because, uh, you've got something that you would like to tell the people about. I do. I want to tell the people, hey, man, Timeless is back. Um, the NBC time travel series, the the only like major network time travel series to have survived from like a year ago. Um, they got a second season. Um, it's back. Uh, there are only two episodes in and it's it's great. It's still such a good show. And um, hey, we're we're in a wilderness season. So if you yeah. need something to kind of quench that thirst. Um, please, 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 I'm encouraging you to give Timeless a try. It's it's really worth it. Is it is it Doctor Who? Is it Aliens? Is it, you know, all that kind of stuff? No, but do they have a really good plot line that they're working on right now? Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, so uh, I'm always going to push that. I'm always going to recommend that to, to folks. Perfect. I mean, I will yeah. I will see if I have... Uh... If I, have time, if I can... Bandwidth for that? Figure, yeah, bandwidth. That's well, a good... It, yeah. It's it's tough because they they've given it really not the best time slot. Sunday night at 10 p.m. Woof. Uh right. Oh boy. Yeah, that's really not a good one. So, like I can't I don't even watch live. I'm sorry, it's Sunday at 10 o'clock. I'm going to bed because I've got work the next morning. But I try to I DVR it and so I try to watch it like the very next day. Oh man. Um because that does count in viewing figures. And stuff. So, yeah, if if you're listening, you're like, hey, I think I'll give it a try. Yeah, please do uh, try to watch it. And if you, you know, try to watch it live and if you do DVR, it, try to watch it within like the next three days, because that will count uh, toward those initial viewing figures. And that that matters. Yeah, it always does. Every, every vote counts and every view matters. Exactly. There you go. Uh, let's see. Alan Cumming is going to play King James the first in season 11 of Doctor Who, very exciting news, but uh, oh, news yeah. that he was not supposed to let us know about just quite yet. He <laughs> whoops. Oh, well. Um, yeah. Very exciting. That oh, is super, super cool. Exciting. Alan Cumming is great, mm-hmm. and he will be great as King James on our favorite television show. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want more details on that, spoilerific bit of news we will have lots of links in the show notes this week yes we'll have a whole slew of them we will indeed uh it's reported that season 11 will feature uh, educational episodes in the united states and in india now does this mean well okay we know about um the rosa parks episode right now this is i i guess a, a pretty big throwback to the first Doctor, where, you know, or just the original series of Doctor Who, or just the entire series of Doctor Who, where uh, <laughs> it, it started off as an educa- a historical educational show for children. Right, right, exactly. And, and the amazing thing is they actually are filming in India. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not like, oh, hey, here's Zimbabwe and it's doubling as India. No, they're in India <laughs> and it's doubling as India. That's super uh, cool. I know, I know. Um, and it's funny because I feel like I've seen some people being like, oh, ooh, I'm not sure about the whole educational thing. And it's like, look, so long as it's not heavy handed and it's not, you know, done in a, in a, in a way where it's like you're watching, you know, 
I, I can't even think of a good example. Some <laughs> some poorly made kids show that's replaced Saturday morning cartoons nowadays. Um, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. There, there's been so much of current Doctor Who that we've watched that has taught people stuff. Yeah, you know, even if it wasn't historical. Head, right. Without, excuse me, being a heavy-handed lesson, it will be fine. I have faith in Chibnall. I have faith in Whitaker. This will be just fine. I agree. I agree. Uh, Tom Baker's first season of Doctor Who is finally coming to Blu-ray. Um, that's pretty exciting. I know. Now you can see Robot and all the hyper-realistic <laughs> glory that it absolutely doesn't have. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one I saw... a. A, like a week ago, um, and yeah, I didn't. Well, that's what happens when we go two weeks between yeah. recordings. We build up a lot of who news. I didn't actually understand. I didn't. I guess I didn't really uh, read through it too much, or I think I had to listen to it. But Matt Smith revealed his Desert Island discs and a bit of um, behind the scenes stuff. Behind the scenes stuff on Doctor Who. I didn't yeah. see what his Desert Island discs were, and I kind of wish I had. Um. I'm looking at the link, and yeah, it does not list it. You might actually have to. I think you have to give it a listen. That on the on the archives, yeah, maybe it's something you could bring up on the monthly music digest. Oh, maybe it is new maybe. podcast. That's right. Check it out, folks. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting, and I mean, you can you can read the article, but um, uh, you know, Matt Smith talks about he 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 actually nearly turned down the role. You know, he had a little bit of a wobble and wasn't sure. Uh, if if it's what he wanted to do, but after oh, after seeing David Tennant's face on a set of plates, <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm not sure I want to be on that merchandising. But then he also described Doctor Who fans as a good bunch, saying one of the strangest things he's been shown is a tattoo of his own face opposite that of David Tennant's on a woman's inner thigh. I, yes, I did see. That hilarious. I did see that quote, and I went, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, his response was, I said, what on earth does your boyfriend think? But he was there and he was smiling away. Oh, boy. I know, right? <laughs> well, all right, then. Uh, let's see. Speaking of recordings, one of the best archives of audio from early episodes has been donated to the Doctor Who restoration team. Um, that is very exciting. Yeah, this is interesting because I, <clears throat> I encourage you to read the article. Um, but this, there's a guy who back... In the day, not only um, was basically people would record the audio of episodes so they could listen to it again later. This is all pre-VCR kind of stuff. So all, all, right. all you could get was the audio. Um, so like a really early kind of big finish kind of thing, I suppose. Um, and this guy eventually, when he was young, he was always kind of electronically uh, 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 capable and literally hacked away to literally not just record by holding something in front of the speaker, but literally like hacked the speaker. So it was recording straight into his recording device. Oh, wow. So it got a really, really clean, clear, crisp recording of this stuff. And he's kept it for a really long time and, and has handed over to uh, Mark Ayers, who used to do some of the music for Doctor Who back in the McCoy era. Um, and who was a galley one. Yes. Um, and so he's basically donated all his recordings to the restoration team so that they can use it for, um, you know, recreations and, and, and restorations and stuff. Well, that 
is fantastic. I'm glad. Yeah, it is. It's it's really like I said. It's it's a neat article. It's a worthy read. I I love that. That's a thing people used to do is they would record the audio from shows so they could listen to it. Right. Later. That's super How cool. Neat is that? It's very neat. <laughs> uh, Ken Dodd, a funny man and toll master from Delta and the Bannerman, has passed away at the age of ninety. Yeah. Um, I believe I was up when the news broke. Um, you might have been because I remember getting up the next morning and, and you know I follow a lot of Doctor Who related accounts on on Twitter and and a lot of the actors and stuff from that and literally I mean, everybody yes. was chiming in on, oh, on yes. memories of him and you know the sadness of his passing and stuff. Yeah, very sad. I actually, I mean, honestly, only familiar with him from as the toll master but that likewise yeah um i'll be honest but there were a lot of cool memories i believe uh paul cornell was sharing <laughs> some yeah uh, along with some others so yeah it's a little yeah, most definitely uh michelle gomez has at least suggested she could return to face the new doctor uh please let this happen <laughs> yeah right uh i need that in my life uh, so much, and I've I've seen people who've drawn fan art of thirteen and Missy, and oh my just goodness, like, this has to happen, please, 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 please. please. Uh, June will see a DVD release of the Doctors focused on the McCoy years. Yeah, there's a um, um, I'm not sure if it's a guy or a group or what. I think if I'm right, Keith Barnfather was at Gallifrey One and is part of. Ooh, I'm going to forget the name here because I'm I'm on the spot. I think it's Real, R-E-E-L, Real Time Pictures. Um, and I guess they, they do a kind of compilation series, like a, a retrospective of sorts uh-huh. um, on each of the Doctor's eras. And so they are releasing uh, their uh, DVD on the McCoy years in June, Ooh. which I'm obviously you know interested in oh yes um and and if you're interested in it we will obviously again have a link to it in the show notes um and one additional piece of news that i'm going to throw in here that is not the one that i mentioned to you before Mm -hmm. we started recording i found out just today uh from a good friend of mine that david tennant is going to be at silicon valley comic yes in april just announced yes and so that is, I want to say it's April 26th to, to 28th. Yeah, it's towards the end, end of the month. Yeah. And it's at the San Jose uh, Convention Center mm-hmm. uh, up here in Northern California. And he will be there. Yeah, very exciting. But uh, I will not be with, there. <laughs> along with Christina Ricci's very first con appearance anywhere. Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird and also pretty cool. Well, yeah, it was Christina Ricci. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Taylor. Yes, indeed. Main event time. Ding, ding, ding. And we didn't go over some of these names before. Oh, dear. Oh, well. no. Live and in person. Here we go. We watch Time yes. in the Ronnie. Starring Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor, Bonnie Langford as Mel, Kate O'Mara as the Ronnie and the Mel. And the Mel, yes. (laughs) Mark Greenstreet as Iconda? Yes! We did it. it. We did it, everyone. We're out of the clear. 
Um, and it says, and Sylvester McCoy is the sixth doctor. <laughs> yes. Actually, yes. We'll oh, that. yes. Then, okay. So it was written by Pip and Jane Baker and directed by Andrew Morgan. It first aired September 7th through the 28th, 1987. And it is the first story of season 24. And we have a whole, a bunch of uh, story notes here. <laughs> we do. My goodness. It's 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 actually not as not as bad as it might seem, but right. apparently the doctor's special subject at university was thermodynamics. Yes, yeah. Um, it's noted that the doctor's age here, and so far as that can ever be accurate, is nine hundred and fifty three years. <laughs> yeah. Strangely, he also knows that that's exactly the Ronnie's age. I don't know how that works, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, the working title for this story, which I actually think would have been a really good title had it stayed, is "Strange Matter." Yes, uh, that is. Um, that's a that would have been a fitting uh, storyline as or a story exactly. title as well. I think I actually wrote down "Strange Matter" somewhere in my notes, my handwritten well, I, notes. I know we 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 flip flopped. <laughs> this time. I typed all my notes and and you hand wrote them. Yes. Um. Well, yeah, because the. The asteroid. Yes, strange matter. Strange matter. Um, this is actually the first story to feature CGI for the title sequence and for many of the effects in the story. And boy, will we talk about those. 1987 CGI. Oh boy, the epitome of rad, wasn't it? Yeah, but basically. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, yeah. Rainbows and glitter cannons, everyone. Uh, Pip and Jane Baker wrote this story without actually knowing who would be playing the Doctor or how he'd be characterized. That is um, both extremely interesting and kind of uh, disconcerting. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Well, I mean, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is also actually, and I didn't know this, the first time the Doctor is seen regenerating at the start of a story instead of at the end of one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And now with this story, everybody seems to talk about how Colin Baker refused to come back and film a regeneration scene, right? Which is mm -hmm. why we get Sylvester McCoy playing the Sixth Doctor just for a little bit at the beginning there. Yes. That's only partially true. Okay. We're here to set the record straight. In an extra found on the Trial of a Time Lord DVD box set, because who doesn't want to own that box set? Hey, I enjoyed Trial of a Time I, Lord. I, I did too. I still put fun. Out of it. I enjoyed <laughs> it too. Shush. <laughs> um, Colin Baker actually said that when he was asked to film a regeneration scene, he agreed as long as he was allowed to do a full third season playing the Doctor. At the end of which he then regenerate. The production office never contacted him. Uh, oh, uh, well, I, I mean, we can find out. I believe uh, I own these. This set of discs, some there's somewhere in this house of um, the final stories from Big Finish of Colin Baker's Doctor. So oh, there is okay. a regeneration story for him with some final lines. There we go. I just haven't I haven't cracked that set open. I should I should do that. Still freshly sealed. Yes, <laughs> from two years ago. No, I think it was, <laughs> I think it might have been last year. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Taylor, you have a world famous synopsis for us as usual. In Indeed, I do. The newly regenerated Doctor faces off with the Ronnie, who's messed with his memories and is maleficently impersonating Mel. Can the Doctor come to his sense, stop mixing his metaphors, and stop the Ronnie from exploding some strange matter? Oh, <laughs> it's all that and a blast from a glitter cannon. Oh, my goodness. That was, um, yeah. 
That was great. Good job with the Thanks. rolling of your R's. Uh, ooh, I got a little nervous there. I was like, this is no, going to come off terrible. No, you got it. Thank you. You nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, Taylor, we open we open uh, this week with uh, everybody's taking a nap on the TARDIS. Ooh, just... And a bit of a cold open, too, isn't it? Yeah, a cold open. Um with uh, we see the the sixth doctor on the floor along with Mel mm-hmm. and the Ronnie just you know she just comes on in and she goes I want that man and it's like <laughs> it's like whoa all right so they turn well, that man over and he is um he a regeneration is uh, is occurring indeed and um yeah let's let's not um let's not forget that we also get probably one of the more interesting TARDIS landings ever. Oh, yes. Comes plummeting down out of space in a rainbow. Hey, that's pretty cool. It should all, maybe, it should always the, do that. It should always do that? Yes. I, I'm not against that, but I, I just figured that this is the, the last colors of Colin Baker's coat kind of Aww. drifting off into space. Cute. Um, a but, fitting tribute. A fitting tribute. Yeah, there you go. Um, but good God, the Ronnie has got, I mean... A gun, a rifle, at best, that can shoot a spaceship out of the sky. (laughs) Holy crap. The the Ronnie's got some really awesome technology throughout this entire serial. She does Um, have some serious hardware. My goodness. I can't can't wait. Uh, I mean, we're not even that far off from, from what happens, but I mean... We get the regeneration, and then we get the uh, we get graphics, as as we stated earlier. We do graphics, computer the, graphics with the sweet who, and then like written in written in gold, Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> it's good Some stuff. Of my favorite, my favorite intro. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so we're in the Ronnie's lair or lab or whatever, and she, you know, she apparently just plucked albert einstein out of uh out of time and space and she everything's all labeled oh she's got to label everything yeah i mean i feel like the doctor should have just thrown a label maker at her and a lot of things that weren't labeled and this would have been over very soon oh that's you know what that's a good thought i think also back there she's got wily coyote super genius (laughs) i mean i would hope so (laughs) he can create (laughs) tunnels that let certain things through and then not other things through which are that, it, the other things being himself but right so the doctor's able to run through the tunnel and ronnie crashes into it yes yes mm, maybe not a maybe not a good idea to have him <laughs> uh is this around the time we we, we find out of, of the asteroid with strange matter um probably gets a mention in here somewhere i think i was distracted by the jazzy synth theme ah uh, yes yes indeed i'm just, uh, the fun the funny thing here is in my notes i uh i don't make notes of when the doctor first wakes up how do i not have that for what it's worth my first note specifically for the doctor outside of regenerations of happening is wow a planet the doctor hasn't been to <laughs> yes he apparently has not been to this planet but he was uh, rip roaring and ready to go as soon as he got up and I went man I I love this this is great right. isn't it good I would just say like as a whole this story uh, so much fun I thought it was very good I had a lot of fun with this one I, I mean if I was to rank it on a list I'd say it'd probably be pretty high up there 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought this was a great story for a, a new doctor coming in. You know, I, I think, you know, working with a script that was written for like, well, we don't know who's going to play him. We don't know what he's going to be like. Yes. Um, I, I Honestly, I think I think McCoy did a, a great job. And I mean, there's obviously a lot of physicality. Um, oh, yes. Uh, you can tell a lot of that stuff. You know, they, they worked to, to kind of choreographed to, and, and yeah to suit at the same his time style. there's a slight comedic slapstick to it yes um but without being clownish oh that definitely sense. yes yes i mean there's there's one um one part uh later on in the story where the doctor is escaping the ronnie's lab and he does one of those i don't even know what to call it it's you know when you oh, run so far uh, you run very fast out the door and you stop yourself on one foot and that to yes. to change your direction. Yes, he yes, did one of those yes. and I was like I know exactly which scene you're talking about. Yes, I don't know exactly what that's called, but yeah, that that kind of like skidding on one yes. foot you're like hop hop hop. It was perfect. Now take off. Yes. I loved that. And I mean yeah. like it could have been <clears throat> I mean, I think it was it it was near perfection in the comedic way it would go. Mm-mm. And I guess another th- question I have is he seems to mess up a lot of sayings yes throughout this throughout this story and I don't recall is that one of his things going forward or is that just no it's a side effect of the amnesia that ah, has given him okay uh, it's not something that he tends to do through the rest of his run that's great <laughs> that's but yeah, even it was, better it was good yeah um can we, can we talk about the music just for a second? Yes, here? let's. So this incidental music, I feel like this might be one of the only times, and I'm, I'm I may well be wrong in this, that they have actually worked the melody of the theme into the incidental music this much. Really? Yeah. I apparently did not notice that. Are you kidding me? Really? No, I didn't notice that. The tempo is totally changed. But if you go back and you listen to the incidental music in certain scenes, yes, it is. It is that the, is the theme song melody. It is the notes. It's slowed down a little bit, but it is absolutely positively there. That's crazy. Yeah. How did I not notice that? I couldn't tell you. You've had a 48 hour cold or something. Very true. It's almost like I did. <laughs> we need to talk about these confetti guns. Can we please yes. talk about these confetti guns? Glitter cannons. I yeah, I mean they they shoot glitter, confetti, whatever you want to call it. Um this this joke is for our friend Mike. Uh Johnny B. Bad would be proud. Um <laughs> It's fine. Hi, Mike. He'll get it. How's it going? I know. He'll get it. That's great. Somebody else out there might get it, too, and they'll be thrilled. And I guess it's like distraction glitter and then like a um a, a net or something, yeah? Or something. A yeah. net or something. Um, Electrified confetti. Electrified. Judging, judging, judging by their reactions. Yeah, ju- judging by their reactions. Just another. I'm just glad they're not t-shirt cannons because that would probably hurt. Yes, oh my goodness, that would hurt so much. <laughs> That'd be terrible. And they were at close range many They're times. Right, yes. And we forget that this entire time Mel is just kind of, you know, sleeping in the TARDIS. Yeah. She's just sleeping there. And and is this see, I didn't write down anyone's names. This is okay. this is uh is this Iconda or no? Iconda uh, is the main he is the main one that is working with the Ronnie uh but doesn't want to, right? It's yes. just a means to an end to protect his people. 
Yes. Okay. There yeah, we go. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Lacertians for a second. Shall yes. We? Let us talk about the Lacertians. Um, they oddly remind me of MacGyver. I think it's the kind of mullet hair thing they've got going on. Okay. God love you, Richard Dean Anderson. You're the best. <laughs> um, I. It's it's a very minor thing, and and it seems weird when you first see it, but then when you think about the fact, like somebody must have put thought in this. When they run, they just oh. put their they kind of put their arms back. Yes. What? Right? Okay. They're, they're not pumping their arms like like humans do when they run. That was. They're like, look at me, I'm flying. Who made that choice? That's what I want to know. I, know. I honestly, I don't know. I I know zero about what that choice or how that came about. But it's it's kind of an interesting touch. It is. It's a very interesting touch. And I'm actually looking <laughs> at um, Bayus is the is the leader of the. Yes, the he is older... the one. Yeah. The older one, yes. He's the one that was working with um, the Ronnie, but doesn't really want... I, I enjoyed his uh, character arc, mm-hmm. where it was... He's like, I, I want to work. I don't want to work with you, but I have to. And any chance I get to not have to work with you, I'm going to take that chance. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I think we all know somebody like that at the office, right? Yes, we do. I, and I believe our... <laughs> Our oddly running friend that you were talking about is uh, Icon. Is Iconda? That is who. I, that I, is. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So that is that is who I had because he picks her up from from the TARDIS. Oh right, yes, yes he does. So he picks her up and takes her away, and he's you know walking walking away, and she just actually when she woke up, I kind of went, oh my god, like I wasn't expecting her to wake up. So she was very sudden. She woke up and was like, bah, and like tried to get away. And um, we, uh, oh, and while she's running away, another character is running away from, and what is her name? Is it Sarn? I think it's Sarn. Okay. Sarn is running away, and they cross paths, and we watch her. (laughs) Yeah, it is Sarn. It, we, now, when this happened, I laughed hysterically. I'm not going to lie to anyone no. who listens to this podcast. I laughed very hard, so much so that I had to pause the the episode and laugh and then watch it again. Um, <laughs> the bubble landmine? The, yeah, man. It was pretty cool. That thing was super, like, that's a very interesting... Uh, whoever thought that up, which I guess would be Pip and Jane Baker, um, man, you guys are messed up. <laughs> because basically what this thing does, it's a trip mine that explodes and traps you in a bubble and then spins you into the air and slams you into the side of a rock quarry and you explode. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. That is that is pretty messed up. And um, frankly, for as silly as it looks at times, I will admit the effects crew did a pretty darn good job with it. Oh, I agree. I thought it looked really cool, especially later when it's hanging out on the water for a little bit. Yes, which is kind of funny because it, it, it'll crash into rocks. You can't steer it whatsoever. And yes, it will make you an instant skeleton. Um, but boy, it'll bounce off water. Yes, very interesting. And and strangely enough, Mel must have just gotten a, a faulty one because, you know, it obviously doesn't explode instantly. No, it didn't. It just lands <laughs> on the water. Or maybe that's what it. it's only designed to... I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try and put too much thought into uh, into that. 
No, and that's that's probably a good thing. Yes. Um, man. And then they like so she explodes, and then I think I believe uh, Icona and Mel are basically like, man, that was really messed up. What just happened? Mm-hmm. And Mel ends up saving Icona's life. I think she, is he about to hit a trap? Uh, yeah, he's about to he's about to step on one. I think. And she saves his life, and she's like, "Can you see that I'm not your enemy now? I'm not hanging out with whoever you're talking about. Who is the Ronnie?" Mm. And I mean, going back just a little bit, the doc, the, the doctor is, you know, he's with the Ronnie and he knows it's the Ronnie and he, I believe, gets knocked out somehow. And then she uh, gives him the the amnesia. <laughs> she gives him the amnesia juice. What? <laughs> That's the only thing I could think to call it at, uh, at that fine. point. And yeah. she needs the Ronnie needs the doctor's help to fix this machine for evil. Yes. And she, when he awakes, um, the Ronnie is dressed like Mel. Yeah. And it is very strange. But also, not only is she dressed like Mel, she changes how her voice sounds. Oh, my gosh. Which I thought was yeah. uh, was very cool because she could have just played it as, you know, she was just dressed as Mel but sounded like the Ronnie. But she changed her voice. No, it pitches it up and everything, and and now we've got the Mel Mel Ronnie Mel Ronnie. It, it's Mel Ronnie, right? <laughs> right? Yes. That, that's 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 how the kids do it. They mash names together. The the Mel Ronnie. The Mel Ronnie Bush. <laughs> wow. Mel Ronnie Bush. That sounds there like a go. beer. What's happening? <laughs> New IPA from like, Mel Ronnie yeah, Bush. <laughs> Oh my goodness! That might be our alternate title. There, you, there you go, there you go. So she's ba- she's using the doctor and his intelligence to fix the evil machine, which we don't know what evil it is for yet. Um, we get the uh, playing of the spoons, which was Yay, great. Spoons, and I love that he starts doing it. And she's like, "What are you doing? Like, stop!" <laughs> uh, I also, well, it, it, it's funny because I think. I think at this point, because he's, he's trying to extract like a, I don't know, like a circuit board or something out of, yes. this, you know, pyramid that creates zero point energy or something bizarre like that. Um, and I, I feel like he channels a little bit of six because he gets all kind of grumpy. He's like, mop my brow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he did. He got, he got very, uh, very grumpy there. I was like, wow, that's very out of character. But he's mm-hmm. also, he doesn't know his character at the same exactly. time. Exactly. I mean, what better way to have an episode that was, like, you know, written, well, we don't know what he's going to be like. Oh, let's give him amnesia. He can be whatever he wants to be. Yeah. And (laughs) perhaps this is my new persona, sulky and bad-tempered. That's right. And also, like, he gets a little depressed. He's like, the more I know of me, the less I like of me. It's like, oh. Yep. Hey. Moody 7 is moody. He is. He's a little moody. We get um, my new favorite doctor who gag well i guess it's really not new is Hmm. the uh is the outfit gag oh yeah where the new doctor tries to figure out what what he will be wearing he or she will be wearing and we get a lot of earlier yeah outfits we get four's last season outfit i think we get a frilly shirt from three yes and then he's finally wearing like the big parka the trouton wore Mm -hmm. and then he 
throws off and there's his outfit. And he was also dressed as five. Oh, yes, of course. And Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? And then we get, you know, the outfit we know and love. Indeed. And <laughs> he, throughout this, is he's kind of just, he's looking at, oh, the shape-shifting of Mel and Ronnie's face was... Oh, yeah. It was quite frightening, and I feel like it was also very well done. It was very well done because it actually, yeah, it was a little disturbing. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, we end part one with Mel tripping one of the traps. Yep. The bubble bubble trap. And she's just fl- flung into the air and we're like, well, this is Mel's last episode. <laughs> oh, but water saves the day, as it usually does. I suppose. I yeah. think. I don't know. I think. I think the only other thing worth noting from uh, part one is that I, 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 I'm starting to believe it is the Lycurtians who are um, actually the the reptilian uh, alien influence here on Earth. Ooh, because they're described as humanoid with reptilian influences. Yes, and you know. It's, I'm just, I'm pushing all sorts of weird conspiracy theories this episode. I'm not sounding yes. tired. <laughs> um, I believe they live on floor three and uh, they are kept very far away from the greys is what I've been told. Uh, yes, something like that. And I think they're also under Mount Shasta or something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Listen, if and... you let us keep doing our podcast, you guys can do whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new reptilian overlords. Um. So I have a note here that's just like Mel, man, Mel can just scream. It is just oh, yeah. blood curdling. I feel like I forgot about that. I feel like she had done that in some of the episodes we had watched with um, Colin Baker. But my goodness. Well, what's funny is I, I actually in, in rewatching this, you know, I, um, I feel like this might be the episode that kind of sunk it into my brain that oh god all mel does is scream (laughs) um and i know she doesn't right 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 she does it quite a lot yes she does in this story and frankly man i would be so horribly dizzy from being in one of those bubble traps i mean i would puke and it would just be all over the inside of that thing yeah but not mel she's screaming no she's somehow too, too busy screaming to throw up yeah apparently and at this point i actually have a note and I said, I have a feeling the doctor is just messing with the Ronnie, but uh, that turned out not to be true. No. And just because how the way he was acting, and I just was like, he's just buying time to figure out what is going on, because he really wanted to know what was behind that door. Mm -hmm. That that seemed to be like a thing he, he really wanted to know, so I was just like, he must just be playing stupid just to, just to figure out, you know, what was going on, but... That uh, that didn't happen. No, that was not true. And um, I think at this point, Taylor, I want to talk about the uh, is it the uh, the tetraps, the t traps, the bats, it's the tetraps, the bat like things. Yes, the tetraps. So I was very confused. Um, to be honest with you. Yeah. And um. <laughs> I was just looking at, like, the bat came up, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what is this thing? And <laughs> I must say, like, I really I really like the design of this bat, where it yes. has eyes um, on the side of its head, the front of its head, and the back of its head. Uh, they kind of looked like um, like they'd be a, a, a member of Gore. Um, <laughs> nice. 
I don't know what instrument they would play or if a mem- if if they would just be a character that Gore would just behead and then fake blood would go everywhere. Or they'd, they'd, they'd be on stage and shooting glitter cans. Yes. Oh, the glitter can- Yes, they probably... That is exactly what they would do. But these, these bats are uh, very frightening. And I, I also just, as I said, enjoy the, the look of them and the design that went into them. And not only are they frightening, but they, they are also armed. Yes. <laughs> Which is just even more frightening. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't need that in my life. No, I think the design of them is really well done. I think the execution of them is is pretty darn well done. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I get caught up on, um, um, no, granted, only one of them talks. Yes, because the Ronnie's obviously mucked with him and um, um, you know evolved his speech centers or whatever, and of course he's like I don't know, madly in love with her or something. Yeah, it sounds um, like it. Or horribly obsequious. Um, but is that, okay, yes, he can talk, but there's no, I mean, it literally is just the jaw opening. There's no There's no articulation to right. form the sound right. that, that he's saying. So that always throws me a little bit. But, but a minor quibble in an otherwise fairly well-designed monster. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> Um, Although I do, I do want to understand why the Lacursians, uh choose to wear tracksuits that are are so color coordinated with their skin. Because yeah, that color palette just doesn't work for them. No, it doesn't. They need it. It, it hurts. They need some help. <laughs> they need. They need some help in that department. <laughs> I I would not be the one to help them. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be either. No. But uh, yeah, that shade of green with that shade of pink. Yeah. No. So there was a little bit of a confusing uh, part here in part two. What's just that? just for me, um, we got a little more spoon playing. We did. We got the. Um, I believe. Uh, I believe the uh, the Tetraps captured Mel, and then yeah, right. They capture her, and then oh, you know what? No, I'm sorry. This is what happened. Mel is like, I got to go find the doctor. So she runs away. And they do a bit of uh, interesting storytelling here where the Tetraps think they've captured Mel, but they've actually captured the Ronnie. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, which I was like, I'm like, wait a minute, didn't Mel just get captured? And this is when we get the pro-graps from Mel. Ah, yeah, right? And the airplane spin from the Doctor. Impressive. Uh, Very impressive. Good good stuff. That was a, a little, I'd give it a... Uh, three and a quarter for the the length of the match could have been a little right. longer, but you know, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, holy crap!" I need to tweet John. <laughs> I'm very like, glad you did, because when part two started, I said, "Yes, there are some graps in here somewhere." <laughs> and I, I will be seeing them shortly. Indeed. Um. Yeah. So the bat was fooled, and we get this little this little uh. And actually, let me tell you, um. I don't know what it was, and even just I'm talking about it right now. Um, we get the little scene between Mel and the doctor, and she's like, I am Mel, and he's like, no, you're not. And she's like, well, you're not the doctor. And they do like this little thing, the double pulse yes. uh, thing. And then she, yeah, she finds the double pulse, and she says something. And the look on Sylvester McCoy's face when he says, Mel just made mm-hmm. me so sad 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I got really sad. when I had to pause it when I was watching it. I was like, oh, man, I feel really bad for him. But he, yeah. he did a great job in that moment in uh, just showing the emotion of realizing that he had made a horrible mistake. Yeah, that's a great scene. Um, and he's just so sad. Mm-hmm. And I think this is around the time we see the the Ronnie's TARDIS, which is a triangle. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a glamping tent or something, isn't it? <laughs> yes. What a gl- <laughs> so glamorous. <laughs> Should have been called the Glardis. There you go. Sure. Oh, the glamorous TARDIS. There you go. The Glardis. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, but you would think she would have parked closer to that lab. Yes, what is that about? That is quite a long walk she seems to take between well, one and the other. Like, she has the run of the place. Why does it yeah. need to be hidden somewhere? She could have parked inside. Yeah, she could have. What? Right? Oh, boy. We should have been the Ronnie's managers. We'd be like, why is this so far? Navigators, at the very least. P- please move this. This is such a walk. <laughs> this is too much of a walk through. We've seen so many rock quarries. No more, please. <laughs> um, let me see here. I have a line here that's uh, where there's a will, there's a Tom, Dick, and Harriet. Yep. Um, the proof of the pumpkins in the squeezing. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I don't know either. I wonder if they let him run with that. I kind of hope so. I sincerely hope that that was... Um, that was all ad-libbed. And man, that could have been something we could have asked him at Gallifrey. Oh, well. Right. Um, I think we're nearing the end of part two here. And this is kind of where everyone gets together and the doctor realizes that he has been duped into um, fixing this. I believe it's a time manipulator. Uh, yes. And I don't even know if we actually found that out at, the, at this point. But uh, spoilers, it's a time manipulator. And she could just, I think she could go through any point in time and change the evolution of a species it, it, of or something like that. Yeah, it's something of magnificent power and can yes. change all sorts of insane things. Of course, because, you know. Because Doctor Who. Because Doctor Who. <clears throat> the Ronnie ends up revealing herself as the Ronnie. Because the doctor really can't, uh, you know, he can't hold it together here. <laughs> and then uh, there are many, many bat people. That's what I have written down. Yeah, here, here's what I know. You know, obviously, like, you know, a group of crows is called a murder. Um, oh. Um, a group of geese is a gander. I yes. Think. Um, what would you call a group of tetraps? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm, I'm looking up what a... Uh, what a group of bats is called. Do you know what that is? Um, an Alice Cooper concert. Ah, uh-huh. good, good guess. It's actually Thanks. a colony of bats. Oh, or okay. sometimes a camp of bats. A camp, maybe if they're from the sixties. Yes, and, uh, they're all playing Dracula. A camp of bats. Um, hmm. Does Not that give you exciting terms? Yeah. Does that give you any ideas, maybe, as to what to call um? Uh, an Akbar of Tetra? An Akbar of Tetra. A, qu- a quarry of Tetra? There you go. There you go. That's there what they're go. called. I think I remember hearing that this the, the quarry that they're filming in is actually the biggest quarry uh, <laughs> uh, in England. Oh, they, they, they went all out for uh, Sylvester they, McCoy. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, actually, um, a week ago, the guys on... Uh, uh, Radio Free Scar. Oh, they, yes. They watched 
uh, Time of the Ronnie with the guy who does uh, the Who FX uh, yes. Twitter account and and did a commentary for all four parts and uh, uh, it was neat. It was neat listening to it and uh, kind of glean, gleaning some some tidbits that we could also share with you. Yeah, that was very cool. And I saw they they interacted with us a little bit on yeah. on the Twitter, so that was also pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Part three. Indeed. This is where we get the little scoot out of the room after try, after yes. tying up the Ronnie with his uh his scarf, his little mini scarf. And um <laughs> Taylor, we we didn't we haven't really talked about this and I don't know if this is the mm. first time we see it. Um uh, but that fudge river is really gross. <laughs> That's this is not the first time we see it because I seem to make a note of it every time I see it because this tetrap slop I uh, was really starting to squick me out. Yeah. Fudge River. Oh, Gross. It, it just, it reminded me of just like, like overly wet dog food. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, and it, exactly. That was the reaction I had to it every single time I saw it. And all, all, all heck is breaking loose. Let's just say that because, I mean, the Ronnie's now found out. The doctor is, you know, running around and, um... Mel is also running. Everyone's just running around. And uh, Icona, he's, uh, you know, running around without using his arms, which is just very strange. Yeah. Um, and the doctor's hiding in a cabinet is something I have written down here. <laughs> and there's this weird scene, this weird scene where Mel um, is seemingly captured by the uh, the Tetraps and... Taylor, I need to know if you if you think that it bit her or did it whisper sweet nothings in her ear? <laughs> because I was like, what is happening? What do I, you I, think? I, I definitely think that uh, I definitely think it was getting fresh. Yeah, Mel. just a little bit. Um, you know, I I would probably lump it in with some form of harassment. Um, yeah, definitely. Unwanted advances. No means no, Tetra. Yeah, you know we need to teach the, teach the Tetra some uh, some some consent here. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's pretty crazy. I couldn't tell if it if it bit her. It was just like I, whispering. I don't think it did. I think it was just like like hypnotizing her. I would assume or something. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was going in for a bite. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, it looked like it was it was going in for something. That's for sure. There was a lot of like crazy crazy stuff going on in the in throughout this story i mean we have the bubble trap which is just a very violent ridiculous thing we have these bats that are either i don't know what whatever it did to mel it wasn't it wasn't kind we have the showing of like smoking skeletons yeah and then we have uh the globe of doom oh yes because they go to the the in the center of yes, leisure, the leisure place uh, with with what appears to be the lamest disco ball ever. It, it's kind of this, this whole place is kind of like an off world location for Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, they go, to, they, they go down to you know Rigel Six, and here's everybody kind of hanging out and being all cool and being like, "Hey, you guys want to go like hook up over here at the hot tub?" Or something? <laughs> What's up, man? And I, um, I must yeah. say, I, I, the design of this set, I, I, I just have decent set design. That's what I have written down for this leisure hive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe because what's inside the lamest disco ball ever, but the killer bees, Kill- killer bees. 
And that, suddenly the Wu-Tang Clan makes an appearance. Yes, Killer Bee's on the track. Um, That's right. But uh, let's back up because I okay. um, I didn't... Um, oh, so when one of the bats um, I have uh, got got, and it actually was tripped up on the uh, the bubble the bubble of death. Okay. And the doctor, I, I guess this is the first time he's seeing it because he feels super bad. He's like, Oh man, I didn't want that bat dude to spin into the side of a, <laughs> of a rock quarry and explode. And I'm like, man, I guess that's the first time he's seen it. Like he didn't know what it was going to do. He thought it was just going to like trip up, trip it yes. up. And then he's like, ha oh, oh no. <laughs> um, there's another part before we actually get to the globe of death that I wanted to uh, wanted to talk about, and that was the uh, p- parent conversation we had between, I believe it was Baeus and Pharon. Okay. And I understand where Baeus is coming from. Look, he's got to look after his people. They, the Ronnie has told him after I'm done doing whatever I'm doing, you guys can go about whatever you want to do. But he's doing it, you know, he's still like, any chance he gets, he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to help you. Um, and he tells his wife, you know, after after all this, we can go back to normal. And the wife's like, back to normal? Our kid exploded. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Our kid did explode. Um, hmm. <laughs> anyway, back to the leisure palace where uh people aren't um people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, so they release the dogs or the bees or the dogs with bees in their mouth and every time they bark <laughs> bees come out. This I'm just referencing it up today. No, that's fantastic. I I I love it. I <laughs> I, feel, I feel like as as a weapon this thing is needlessly complicated. Yeah, isn't it? I don't understand. Yeah, it's just very, uh, very weird. Um, Mel had been captured by the uh, the Tetraps, and there's an exchange because the Doctor actually steals something that the Ronnie wants, and we are we are told there's going to be an exchange, right? And there's this this weird silent shot of Mel hanging upside down, and then it cuts to her and the Bat Guy waving at the Doctor, and I was so confused. It's just such a random cut because it's like just a silent shot of her hanging upside down. Cut yeah. to them in the rock quarry and they're rocking. And she's like, oh, hey, doctor. And turns out it's a hologram. Hollow Hollomel. And we go back to the cave and Mel's still like hanging out there. The doctor gets caught and uh, the Ronnie's like, hey, you want to you you've been curious this whole time. You want to see what's in this uh, what's in this room? And uh, I mean, this was a bit of a twist. Just a bit. Just right? a bit. It's the big giant head from th- It's Big Brain Guy. From Third Rock from the Sun. Oh yeah, there it's just a go. giant brain in the middle of the uh of the room here. Mm-hmm. And man, Mel's a screaming again. And I believe it's because uh we've captured the doctor and we've put him in a pod and his brain is getting put into the big old brain. That's what I gathered. Oh, yes, yes. And that, that now I realize why I've got this note all in caps. It says they're headed for the danger zone. Because <laughs> he's just shaking in the thing. Because he's shaking and he's got like this, this you know, a really bad set of Beats headphones on. Yes. <laughs> and um, No, go uh, ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. Oh, um, um, yeah, th- this big brain guy. Um, I, I 
again one of the tidbits i i gleaned from from the radio free scarrow guys is the the pulsations of the brain yes right? you know it's kind of pulsating and yes stuff. um yet that was caused by the special effects guys inflating condoms underneath it no yes <laughs> that's amazing it's it is and 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 obviously you know a a show like this and an episode like this it it needs something kind of silly and over the top like this like a giant brain yes um, but if you're going to link up a bunch of genius brains together why not just use a big old computer that's very true. Why, why do we need a big, fleshy, exposed, vulnerable brain? And this seems to almost be the plot, kind of, sort of, not really, of... <laughs> oh, man. And I'm forget. I'm forgetting it. We just reviewed it two, two episodes ago, and now I'm completely forgetting it. God, the one before a robot? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, John. Um, God, I closed the spreadsheet. It's kind of, <laughs> sort of, the, the pilot of... And I will call, or the pilot. I'm sorry. It's kind the of the plot of the plot of Shada, kind of, sort of gathering minds and putting them into one big oh, mind. Okay, yes, a little yes, bit. Yes, I yes, mean, I can, yeah, I can see that. You know, if I can see that. And I mean, the Ronnie doesn't uh, doesn't really account for uh, the doctor. You know, doctoring it up inside oh, of God. the mind. Yes. And just making everything it's, all crazy, right? Because now we start. I think now now we're kind of into into part four here. Yes, the doctor literally gets everybody else kind of arguing. Yes, they're all arguing inside of the big giant brain, which is hilarious. Yes, like and of course, of course they wouldn't all work together. They both would be geniuses and be like, "No, I'm right." Yes, of course. <laughs> How did we not see this coming? <laughs> and i assume if anything the doctor added to that while inside the brain he's like oh i'll just make everybody think everybody argue with each other mm -hmm. and i did find it funny how how quickly the doctor uh recovered from being inside of this chamber thing she just opens it and he's like aha and throws her inside yeah, I know. For being such a baddie, the Ronnie is really easily pushed around. Yes, very much so. Uh, two wrongs don't make a left turn right, uh, which was another line. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Um, and we're we're back at the Leisure Hive. I'm sorry, the Leisure Palace or whatever you yeah, would like to call. Yeah, the Leisure Hive is a different episode. Yes, and they're all asking. They're like, "Hey, what? You need to tell us what's going on here." And everyone's kind of like, "Nah." And they're like, okay. And apparently these leg bracers just kill people. That's another thing I forgot about. They activate yeah, they're, the they're... Leg, leg bracer and it's like, da, and they fall over and then they melt into a skeleton. Yes. It's like, jeez. Yes, all on house arrest. What is going, yeah, they're all on house arrest. Pip and Jane Baker, you guys are messed up. <laughs> you guys got some crazy thoughts inside your head and you used right. them apparently all in the time in the Ronnie. Goodness. <laughs> So this is where we find out the master plan where, oh, that's, is that after? Where she gets locked up and um, Baeus is like, well, just letting her sit in there. Is that at this point? I can't remember. Uh, I think it's pretty close to. Yeah. I, I, the best I've got is I wonder how much hairspray the Ronnie needs, but <laughs> she is turning. She's trying. Yeah. The main, the main goal she's trying to turn the entire planet into like a time traveling brain yes a time traveling brain that will change the order of evolution as she sees fit she goes yes, maybe because... 
Maybe I'll go to Earth. Yeah. Never got a fair shake. Yeah, they didn't get a fair shake, which is, I mean, I agree. Sure. We could have, we could all be riding dinosaurs right now. Well, I don't think it's quite that. I think it's, no, let them. Dino riders then? No, not dino riders. More, um, uh, more, more, more Vostra, less, Uh, less Jenny. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) No, I think Jenny's cute. She is. I, I don't disagree. I do okay. not. I do not disagree. We um, <laughs> we get the longest countdown of all time, pretty much, and we did get a pretty long one in the last episode. We so. did this one. It was like two hundred one ninety. No, it wasn't that bad, but it was it was pretty long. Well, and it's funny because this this countdown literally was like it was like one three eight, one three seven, one three six, and then it got to one hundred, and it went one hundred ninety nine. 98 i'm like it totally changed how it was counting wouldn't it just be like nine 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 eight <laughs> nine seven i'm like somebody was not paying attention that day the ronnie's equipment is is shoddy uh, apparently just very shoddy equipment and i want to say why do i have well there goes that guy <laughs> that's literally just a lot a note i have it might be because the doctor at a later point is working to remove the bangles and there he's a shade of winter. Um, <laughs> no, I love that song. Um, but before that, at one point, somebody shouts, Loy Hargill. And I'm like, Loy Hargill, what's that? <laughs> and then a glitter cannon goes off and I go, no, really, what's Loy Hargill? Yeah, what does that is. mean? I have no clue. Interesting. It, it Like it pops up on a screen, I think. Oh, Loy Hargill. I don't know. I have no clue, but I, I'm still curious. So somebody clue me in. We'll, we'll never know unless someone tells us. So yeah. please, someone but someone let doctor, us know. The doctor is trying to effectively run a jumper on the yes. house arrest. Yes. Um, and he's like, Mel, get me some wire. And Mel's like, what kind? And it's like, Mel, it's wire. It's all more or less the same kind. Yes. Just, just grab some wire. Yes. And and he's able to to hack the bracelets. <clears throat> uh yes, that's right. That is right. And we stop the countdown as well, which is great. On four. On four. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and the ship a ship explodes. What is happening with these notes at the end? Uh, mind you, I was on I had been up since five in the morning at the end of these notes. Yeah. And I'm looking at this like, what is it? What am I saying here? Um, oh, so a ship explodes. You're going to have to take over because I'm not sure what these notes are saying. All right. Well, basically, even though they stopped the countdown, um, the 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 ship that's supposed to fly into the into the strange matter. Oh, yes. We haven't talked about this asteroid the whole episode. Yes. Uh, is lifting off anyway. Yes, that's uh, right. Going and towards it, it to yes, yes, okay, yes, and and the doctor intervenes, and and I actually I think the the delay in takeoff because this is all supposed to happen at the um oh yeah it's supposed to happen at a certain time at like the, the their solstice yes at a particular time and of course it does um <laughs> and the delay in takeoff is enough for it to miss it now yes because move in space. Funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it, the ship explodes, I believe. Because yeah, why not? Yeah, because because explosions. We love explosions on our show. So does Michael Bay. He does. He Pro really boy. does. My goodness. Um, 
And the Ronnie seemingly gets away. She goes, I'll get you gadget next time. <laughs> and <laughs> and Kate Omara as Dr. Claw. <laughs> a miss is as good as a smile. And then the finger cross. I liked that because it was like, oh, I'm very cocky, but also please let this work. Um, and it did. And it, it turned and it's like, oh, no, the Ronnie got away. And then we get like a little a little like half smile from the doctor. And this mm-hmm. it's like such a um, I don't even know what kind of ending I would describe that as. It's like where you think the villain gets away, but like they're stuck with like the most annoying character ever. Yes, and I there's got to be a name for that somewhere. And I don't know what it is. But yes, the, the Tetraps have moved into her. <laughs> yes. And they're like, we're going to hang out upside down forever. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's a living. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but not before but not before we see that literally everyone, um, which is way more than we realized up to this point, uh, uh, that the Ronnie is pulled from time. The doctor is going to put everyone back. Yes. And he's like, hey, everybody over here to the um, to the kitchen. Come hang out in the kitchen. Everybody likes talking in the kitchen. Hey, Einstein, stop looking at that. Yeah. I'll explain it later. Yes. Come on. Come on, Einstein. You, you, you. I'll explain it when you're 953 years old. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we're kind of wrapping up here. And the doctor, he gives, I believe it's um, Icona. He gives him a really sweet bottle oh, filled yes. with, um, he fills it with, I believe it is the what is antidote. it it's the antidote for the death bees yes and he's like cool thanks and then just immediately throws it on the floor yes and he's like my people will find their own way and it's like man all right we get it you don't want our help it's like you know what you could find your own way for so many things after you use this to get rid of the killer bees yes i mean really it's well, very one thing very simple but I mean, whatever. You don't know how to run properly. Apparently. So <laughs> we're we're getting back in the TARDIS on our merry way, and uh, I'll grow on you, Mel. I'll grow on you. Is the uh, the final lines from our seventh Doctor? Yeah, a little weird, but okay. I mean, I guess they're they're fine. Cl- they're fine closing lines. It makes sense, you know, a new Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was a uh, lot of fun, and I'm glad we watched it for yeah, sure. It's, you know, it is again. I think I think we made mention of this in one of the uh, Trial of a Time Lord stories, but it is very quintessentially 80s. Oh yes, definitely. Uh, hey, more pink sky. <laughs> hey, bright clashing colors. You know, um, yeah, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as far as, you know, the firsts, because we're looking at all the firsts right now. Yeah. Um, there have definitely been worse. Oh, yes. Um, Twin Dilemma. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, you know, there's definitely been better, but I would put this definitely on the upper end of uh, the scale. I mean, this, this, this is good. This is a good introduction to Seven. And, um, and knowing that it was an episode where they're like, eh, we don't know what he's going to be like. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of good stuff right off the bat. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Good stuff. So, Taylor, uh, you're up next and kind of gave a little preview there in your closing thoughts. What are we watching next time? 
Uh, well, we're going to get about as first as it can get. Yeah. Uh, uh, the definite article, you might say. Uh, let's take it all the way back to the beginning. We're watching An Unearthly Child. Oh, boy. The the uh, Doctor Who podcast that we do. We haven't even done the very first episode yet, but we will take care of that next time. On the 121st Oh, very, very good. So, uh, An Unearthly (laughs) Child starring William Hartnell as the Doctor. Carol Ann Ford as Susan. William Russell as Ian Chesterton. And Jacqueline Hill as Barbara Wright. It was written by Anthony Corbin. Coburn. Coburn. I added an R in there. You did. And uh, directed by Waris Hussein. So there you go. Uh, You can uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. Look for the Gallifrey in writing when you do that. Please, uh, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G for this show and every other show. Uh, N-O-T-L-G.spreadshirt.com. Buy one of our Podcastica shirts. We would appreciate that. Buy the uh, Future in Time of Space is female. That is another shirt that people seem to like. Mm-hmm. A uh, podcast original. Podcastica original. There you go. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Um, you know, if this um, if this click, you know, appear in works pretty well, maybe one of our tiers on the N-O-T-L-G Patreon will be, we will give you the link to uh, come listen to us record episodes. Oh, that would be interesting. You could, you can, uh, I would assume you could comment and do some other stuff as we, as we talk along here. Um, Shout out to the Y-Axes. They do our music. Twitter.com slash the Y-Axes. Facebook.com slash the Y-Axes. The Y-Axes.bandcamp.com. And they are also on Spotify. Check them out for sure. So join us again next time. Episode 121. An unearthly child, and we will see you guys then. Thanks. Um. All right. And I am. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of news. So and even more dropped today, and I was just like, uh, "Did you add more that dropped today?" 